what's up everybody welcome to episode 39 of the whiskey sessions this is amats i'm here with b pimp b pimp how's it going doing great excited for this episode me too because we're gonna kick it off with uh, another round of let's get personal you've also got a whiskey which i don't even know what it is so i'm excited to hear about it and then we are doing our top five board games which Initially, I was like, I don't even play that many board games. This will be a cinch. I'll probably just come up with five and be done. Wasn't the case at all. I've got a bunch. And when I think about the definition of board games, too, there's there's a lot that fit that general category. Yeah, there's a ton of options. It was hard to narrow down and pick the faves. I have a question for you. Not that it would have made my list anyway, but do you consider Connect 4 a board game? Yes. Okay. Interesting. For well, me, the board is the term, but it's not necessarily critical that there is a board involved. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. So there's there's a lot of games then out there. Hard to narrow it down. But to kick it off, we have another round of Let's Get Personal. And before we roll that kick-ass theme song that I'm sure everybody's waiting for, let's. Uh, I'm going to remind them of the scores. So we've done two complete rounds. And we are starting the first half of the third round. And though I hate to say it, B-Pimp, you are winning fairly handily by guessing correctly 8 out of 10. And I am just at 6 out of 10. Oh, yeah. But of course, if no one's heard it before, B-Pimp, why don't you tell them just a little bit about how the game works? So, Wikipedia articles. If you look up a person, you're going to get an article about them, and it's going to have subcategories. And one of them has to be labeled personal life in order for it to count as a yes in Let's Get Personal. Mm -hmm. It can't be just uh, a whole biography and there's no subcategories. It has to be you use a little sidebar to navigate or whatever. You have to see personal life. And, I mean, sometimes it's less obvious than you would think. You would think that any big celebrity might have a personal life section, but not always. No, there's some surprising people who don't. Yeah. But again, B-Pimp's at 8 out of 10. I'm at 6 out of 10. So we're starting the third round. B-Pimp, you're going to ask me about five uh, celebrities or sports people or musicians or whatever. And I will guess if they have a personal life section or they don't. So let's get into it. This is Let's Get Personal. Let's get personal. Personal. Perfect. All right, B-Pimp. I'm ready. I feel like I'm going to get five out of five, and um, I hopefully I won't miss this first one, because that will knock me off my game. We've been doing guess the uh, what the common theme is, but this is so obvious, I'm just going to tell you, it's rappers. Ooh, okay. So, are you ready for your first rap artist yes. to see if they have a personal life? I it ready. is somebody who's known to ride dirty, Chameleonaire. I gotta say, I'm like, I haven't listened to Chameleon Air very much recently, but I was kind of a Chameleon Air fan. Not just like the song Riding Dirty, which I had as my ringtone for entirely too long, but like his mixtapes are pretty good. You know what the other weird thing about him is he actually raps cleanly now. He doesn't use any swears. He cleaned it up. He cleaned it up. Uh, no, no explicit content. On no. His... Yeah, I don't so think... I'm, I'm not sure about the album that had Riding Dirty on it. That might have had it, but I think his subsequent albums do not. 
Anyway, uh, with that in mind, since I know enough about him, and I'm not sure how I would have learned that piece of information in the first place, I gotta think he does have a personal life section. You are one for one. Whew! Great. Any any good tidbits that we should know about Chameleonaire? He, I do have one. It's not really that crazy or anything, but I never knew or paid attention to what his actual name was, and his name is Hakeem Suriki, so it made me think of Hakeem Olajuwon, which is a bonus point for him. I did not know that was his name either. That's... It's pretty great. Yeah. Why not just go by that? Yeah, that's a catchy name. I'll be honest, would... Chameleonaire is not a great rap name. No, it makes him sound too gimmicky. No. I also always want to say Chameleonaire. Even though I'm like familiar enough with his m- music that I should never think to say that, but whenever I see it written, I'm like, ah, Chameleonaire. Oh yeah, Chameleonaire is on yeah. the charts. Go by your real name, dude. Much better. Number two, one of my favorite rappers of all time. Uh-oh. is Big Boy from Outcast. Big Boy from Outcast. It would be crazy if he didn't. But I'm trying to think if I know any facts about Big Boy. Oh, actually, I do know something about Big Boy. And this would not be in a personal life section necessarily. But he is exactly 10 years older than me. To the day? To the day. He said it in a song before. I think it's something off of Quemini, maybe Stanconia, but I think it's something off of Quemini. And he says his birthday, and it's February 1st, 1975, and which I thought was crazy. But anyway, I'm going to say Big Boy does have a personal life section. Two for two! Yeah! No tricking me on this. I My instincts wanted to say, like, you're not going to pick two in a row that do, but I'm not going to go by those. Do you want a little tidbit from his... Yes, I do. In August 2011, he was returning from a cruise when immigration uh, drug dog alerted officers, and he was arrested for having MDMA and Viagra on him. Whoa. That's what I call <laughs> big boy. And MDMA and Viagra. Sounded like a fun cruise. It had to have been with that combo. Yeah. All right, okay. who's, who's your next one? Number three is Action Bronson. Hmm. So, Action Bronson. I would think he... I'm not going to make my answer yet, but when we went to Kosovo, which is a lot of the people in Kosovo consider themselves ethnically Albanian, and we were picked up by Maggie's friends, who she went to summer camp with, who are from Kosovo. Um, Kosovars, I think is the term. I'm not sure. Either way. But they they were blasting when they picked us up some Action Bronson. And I said, boy, kind of, not that Action Bronson is not popular. I mean, he is. But I was like, I was surprised that he made it out to Kosovo. Like, his music made it out. But it turns out he is Albanian. And I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought, the way the story was going, I'm like, wait, he is, isn't he? And I thought you were going to have, like, another... (laughs) approach to it and then i was like oh okay good because i couldn't remember yeah and so uh maggie's friend said that to me as if i was some kind of idiot for not realizing that but um yeah so he is very popular out there and i'm gonna say because of that he does have a personal life section oh i'm sorry but you're two for three oh no i was surprised he didn't i'll tell you yeah me too devastating i was really hoping for five for five 
Let's see if you can redeem yourself with this next rapper. He of the Ridiculous Grills. It's Paul Wall. Paul Wall. Okay, so if Chameleonaire does, I would think Paul Wall would too. They're part of the same group. I'm going to say Paul Wall does have a personal life section. You rebounded. Yes. Three for four now. Great. Three for four. That puts me in a pretty good spot. I I just got to close out strong. Um, All right. Who's the last one? The last one is the man who put College Park on the map, Ludacris. Oh, there's no way Ludacris doesn't. But that's... Ooh. But that's that's the trick of this game. You would think, of course he does. But maybe he doesn't. Maybe it's like so... They don't categorize it that way. I know about Ludacris that he was a radio DJ before he was rapping, which kind of makes sense. And I also know that most of his songs don't stand up to the test of time particularly well. I will agree with you, but do not disparage word of mouth. Otherwise, I'll get very upset. I won't, but you know what I'm realizing? Like, I think his lyrics are fine and the songs are catchy. But when you listen to them now, they are not produced very well. Surprisingly. I just think, like, the beats pretty much across the board are pretty weak. Yeah, I mean... Some it, it's his it's unique to him yeah and I I mean I agree with you I was really 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 hugely into him in my like mid teenage years mm-hmm. um and I don't listen to him regularly anymore but I still I've listened to word of mouth in the past past year or two and I still like it I remember I was in some class in high school and you know I had a tendency to like sing to myself sometimes but apparently it was pretty hilarious when I accidentally broke out into hose and different area codes. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say move, bitch. <laughs> no, I don't want to use. Well, I guess hose is as derogatory as bitch, probably. They're Either both one bad. Makes for They're a good both comic, bad. Yeah, <laughs> comic scenario. All right, I'm gonna say Ludacris does have a personal life section. Well, I was trying to trick you, but you did not fall for it. So you are four for five. Four for five. Excellent. Okay, so that puts me at ten for fifteen. That means the next time we play, you would need to get, oh, I guess only two out of five to tie. And then and we three. all know I'm Mr. Four out of five, so that's not You are happen. Mr. Four out of five. It's like uh, Bernie Mac, Mr. 300. <laughs> You're Mr. Four out of five. I am going to stump you next time. I, I think with the last time I did like metal musicians was a little too much in your wheelhouse, so I'm going to... I'm going to stump you. All right. Let's see. Well, I'll bring it on. I'm ready. All right. Uh, I am ready to hear about what your whiskey for this episode is. I have a very exciting whiskey that was a gift for my lovely girlfriend, Lisa, who we just celebrated our eight-year anniversary together. What? What? So I'm very happy about that. And she is such a nice person. She got me a whiskey as a gift. Holy cow. So it is a, it's called The Sexton. Um, it's a single malt Irish whiskey, which caught my eye as something I hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. And that's because usually single malt Irish whiskeys are exorbitantly expensive, but this is a new one that is a more kind of like a price point that everyday people can afford. So it's kind of a new thing. Um, and it's from Northern Ireland, Ireland. I can't find the exact town, but I know it's relatively new. Um, it's a really cool, like, octagonal, or, yeah, it's like a strangely shaped bottle. Lots of 
uh, lots of angles. Yeah, lots of angles going on. Just like a short bottle, but it's really it looks really cool. Nice. I love so it. Cool see if it bottle. stands up. Be pimp. Why don't you give it a sip and let us know? Is this smooth, or does it get the boot? And I'm I'm sipping this neat. Ooh. Also. I mean, if you're trying oh, it neat. Oh boy. Oh boy, that sounds good. Yeah, that's smooth, baby. Yeah, another one on the smooth train. So that's, that's actually shockingly good. Another thing I just noticed that's cool is the top of the bottle, like the cork, mm-hmm. has a uh, little golden insignia of like a skeleton man with a top hat on, which is cool. I like that. I think if you are an Irish single malt whiskey and you don't have a golden skeleton man on the cork, like what are you doing? Yeah, you should just quit. But yeah. no, this is really good. It's got, like, the smell, I, I smelled it a little bit before I took a sip, and it, the smell reminded me of a scotch. But then when I sipped it, it was, the initial uh, taste was a little bit of that smokiness, but there mm-hmm. is none in the actual body of the of the whiskey and the finish. It just hits you right off the bat, and then it's very sweet. Interesting. Like, really just pleasant character to it um very very singular like a really it's a taste i have not tasted and i'm a big fan of it so very high recommendation to the sexton thank you lisa wow thank you lisa and i like to hear it's also like a i will say after this many episodes there have been a lot of tastes that i've tasted and you know i still enjoy a good scotch or a good bourbon but a lot of them don't taste that unique to me but it's interesting to hear that this is a taste you have not tasted before yeah i'm very happy about it and i will tell you i think i was reading a little bit about it it just came over here to the states last year so and as far as i know um it's available anywhere so if you see it i'm gonna recommend this one strong recommendation get that new whiskey all right so our top five for this episode are the top five board games As we discussed, there are a lot of different board games out there, uh, a lot of different types of board games, whether you like your kind of more kids games or your high strategy games, there's a ton. We have a bunch in our chest, which is like right in the middle of our living room, just filled with board games, about 25 editions of Trivial Pursuit and some other ones. I like when bars or tap rooms or whatever have board games there isn't that great yeah i love that too i like the fact that it's like it's nice and it's a good thing to have because if people if the conversation's not working and you need a distraction it's there but i almost part of me makes it makes me feel like they don't have a lot of faith in people to like entertain themselves they're like here you go yeah (laughs) but sometimes it's also a good thing for just like you know it's one thing to be a bar that's open at night and maybe everybody's getting a little bit tipsy and like you don't need a board game for that kind of thing but if you just want a place to like kind of hang out in the middle of the day and maybe you're not like really getting drunk or anything and you just like to play a little board game while you're sitting around like i think that's i kind of feel like the board game is for the daytime crowd yeah it's funny uh last flesk has uh board games 
And one of the last times I was there, it was like a month or a month and a half ago, I was on a Saturday earlier in the day, Mm -hmm. and this random guy was sitting by me, just started talking to me, and within five minutes of, like, nonsense, talking about sports or whatever, he goes, do you want to play Jenga? And (laughs) I was like, uh, okay. And then he went and got Jenga, I beat him, which is shocking to me because I'm awful at that game. Yeah. And then he seemed legitimately upset that I beat him, and then he put it away and left. What? Wow. He didn't, he didn't, like, storm out or anything, but right after that happened, he basically closed his tab and left. Interesting. But, so kind of a sore loser for Jenga. I don't know what it was. He may have just ha- happened to have, have to leave and just was weird about it, but it was a strange experience. That is funny. I am also so terrible at that game. Not that I wouldn't play it, but I don't think I ever want to play that. My fingers, yeah, I'm just really bad at it. My fingers are just too fat for it. There's some strategy to it where you're supposed to do it a certain way, and I'm like, I, my instinct is always to, like, grab with my other hand and, like, steady it, and it, apparently that's frowned upon. I'm like, okay, this is stupid. Go, <laughs> well, go do something else. Yeah, that might be cheating. But the other thing that I like to do is, you know how everybody tries to take out one peg at a time, but I go in for the sideways karate chop where I try to take out a whole row, and then the row above just drops. And I gotta say, I am totally unsuccessful with that approach. Oh my god, I was on mute because I was coughing, laughing at that. Um, but it that's a great approach because if you do it, yeah, it's very unlikely that you're going to be successful, but very if you unlikely. were able to do that, that is an amazing story for a lot of people that are there. If you could even successfully do that one time, it would be amazing. It's like when you try to pull the tablecloth off a table without yeah. disturbing any of the settings. If somebody can karate chop an entire row of Jenga blocks... Please send us a video of that. We will share it on our website, which yes. we don't technically have. Right. We'll, we'll we'll share it on our Twitter feed. Actually, I'll if you do that, I will create a website to share it on. Ooh, I like it. All right. Uh, but yeah, let's get into it. These are our top five board games. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. My number five board game is one I probably haven't played in 20 years, but I had to put it on here, actually maybe longer than 20 years, because it is just a nostalgia favorite for me, and I don't even really remember how to play, but it's Shoots and Ladders, which... I had that, I had that on my honorable mentions, how about that? There you go. I, it was, I don't know what it is about that game that I loved so much as a kid, but it's just, it's... It's very simple, but also, I think, extremely frustrating, which all good board games should be. And that's why I have it as my number five. I don't have too much more to say about it, but it's just close to my heart, and it couldn't not be on my list. I am going to go into my number five, but I do like that that game has the... It's basically two options, but it's cool. Like, you're either going to go up a ladder or down a chute. And it seems very simple, but you're right. When you you figure out what it's going to be, it's like suspense built in. So, yeah. good job, Shoots and Ladders. Great job. Um, my number five is Mousetrap. And Damn it. I'm, Great pick. I forgot about that game. I had to put it on there because, actually, I just added it because you reminded me of that with the nostalgia thing of, like, when I was a kid, I was so excited for Mousetrap because it was basically, like, you get to build this little, uh, what is that called? It's like a something machine where it's like able to sustain itself. Oh, it's like, uh, what do they call those? Is it, wait, Rube Goldberg? 
Yeah, Goldberg, Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah. So it's like that. It's like that concept. Obviously, it doesn't work the same way, but you have all these things that their momentum goes into the next thing, and it just seems so exciting to me. But I also remember that as soon as we got it, even though I was like anal retentive about putting away all the pieces and stuff, my sister probably, sorry if I'm wrong and libelous, but um, lost something, like lost a ball or something that oh, like ruined the game. Way you to go. You can't do it anymore, so no. I, I would keep trying to find like analogs that would replace it. It just was like so frustrating. Uh, well, yeah, that is a great pick. I entirely forgot about that game. I thought it was awesome, though. Should certainly be a nostalgia pick for my list, too. But instead, I'm going to go to a game for my number four that I've only probably started playing in the last five years, and I love it. It's not regular Boggle. But Big Boggle. And I haven't even heard of this. Big Boggle, so not not very different from Regular Boggle. So I think Regular Boggle is 4x4, four four, and you can pick words that are three letters or more. Which, neat. But come on, let's, let's bring it up to the big leagues. Big Boggle is 5x5, five five, and you can only play with words that are four letters or more. Which makes all the difference in the world. This ain't a kid's game anymore. This is like real competition. You better step your game up. You better step your game up. You try to come in with a three-letter word, and it gets rejected. Dikembe Mutombo finger wag. Oh, yeah. No, that's what I do. Um, it's I've played with Maggie a bunch. Like, we've gone on vacation and still played that game. It tests my ability to write quickly. And once you get, like... I mean, because with Boggle, you know, you get, like, a... You get some S's on your board, and you know you can basically start pluralizing a lot of things and adding them as new words. So sometimes it's just like a test of being able to find words at all. Sometimes it's a test of how fast you can write. It's a great game. I like that choice. I'm going to go with my number four, a game that I don't even remember a lot of the particulars of, but I just remember having fun with it, and it's Guess Who. Oh, another great pick. Guess who was a good game? Because I, I remember liking all the different faces, and like some of them were ridiculous looking, and it was on that little, like uh, that little board that you'd like flip up and down. It's just a good. They did a good job of putting in some gimmicks, putting in some replay factor. I, I was a fan of it. Yeah. So with Guess Who, uh, a good friend of mine, Spencer, who is actually like a huge board game fanatic, to the point where he actually had some board games set up at his wedding reception but he's a big guess who fan but he doesn't play like the um kind of the normal way you would play guess who i forget what he calls it but it's like you guess things about the people that you think that they would be good at so instead of like when you normally play guess who you say like does this person have a mustache do they have a big nose it's you play like does this person seem like a good listener <laughs> and then if you end up with the same person at the end, like that's, I guess, a win for both people. And it kind of works and is a hilarious game. That's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. brilliant. Yeah. So that's, if you pick out a game of Guess Who and you're looking to play, try playing that way. I forget what his name for it is, but it's hilarious. And a surprisingly good game. All right. So I'm, was... trying, I'm trying to think of a name, but I'm striking out. I was going to say like, Guess Who, kind of? Yeah, no, it was like, ah, boy, I yeah, I'm blanking. Uh, I'm going to ask him, and I'll figure out what version of Guess Who that was. But, yeah, great pick. 
for your number four, especially for a game that can be played two ways. All right, my number three uh, is the classic chess. And I haven't the played... Ga- the game of chess? The game of chess. And I haven't played a lot lately. Uh, but I think there are a lot of things I like about chess. First of all, that it's held in high esteem. So, you know, I can be hoity-toity as I want to be. Wear a monocle. Yeah, it's one of the few... I mean, a lot of games will have different, like, games... Like, you could go to probably a Scrabble competition or... Um, but chess is, like... Schools have real chess teams. Like, it's almost a sport. I mean, except with nerds. Sports with nerds. Sports with nerds. And, not only is the game great, uh, highly regarded, but having a really nice chess set is also awesome. Like, if you can have, like, a sweet, like, marble chess board and, like, really, like, well-crafted pieces, that's, like, another element of that game that kicks ass. And you could play it in your study at your exactly. sprawling estate. You've got your cigar and your cognac, and you're just like enjoying a nice game of chess. I, it's maybe, perfect for that. Maybe a little cavassier. Exactly. No, so that's why it's my number three. What's your number three? My number three is Clue. Oh, another good pick. I'm realizing that I did err on the side of like. Milton Bradley produced gimmicky games that I didn't think of any of like classic board games, but Clue is fun. Um, it made its way very deeply into popular culture because of, you know, people always use that joke of like Professor Plum in the in the observatory or whatever with uh, murder mysteries, but yeah, and there was a movie with Tim Curry or whatever, but um, it's a fun game. Like it's one of the another one that frustrates me because I never quite got it fully like i was never able to like win consistently or whatever and i just remember like you had to put stuff in this little envelope but it's it's a cool game it's a good like world they created with a lot of intricacies clue is a great game i haven't played a full game of clue in a really long time so i kind of don't really remember how to play i remember you had you had to make i feel like you have to make like an educated guess at some point and put things in an envelope that you can't touch and then you have to figure out if you're... Or maybe that's at the end. You put things in an envelope once you've gathered all the clues. Mm-hmm. And then that's your, like, guess. And you can't change it. And then somehow it's determined who got the closest or whatever. That probably makes sense. All right, my number two is another classic, but of the Milton Bradley variety. Monopoly. Or maybe it's Parker Brothers. Ooh, double dip. Oh, double dip coming up. Well, Monopoly is a classic. We all know it. It's... A frustrating game, like slowly. Is there anything more painful than slowly losing a game of Monopoly? It's awful. Um, it's I have a personal problem with this game because our friend Keith is a very shrewd uh, trade offerer in in Monopoly, and on multiple occasions he took advantage of me. Oh. Um, he would claim that it was just good strategy, but I have a beef with him about it, and he knows about it. So it's one of the only problems in an otherwise pretty smooth friendship is this monopoly issue so um i have a little soft or a little uh you know thorn in my side from that but other than that it's a fantastic game very well regarded fun it is and is there any other game that is like spurned more versions of it like every college every city every everything has their own version of monopoly 
Plus, they have, like, I bought two different electronic versions, which, I mean, yeah, you could say it just shows, like, what a loser I am, but there was two available, one on Xbox 360 and one when I got Xbox One that were, like, three bucks or something, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy that, I'm gonna play, like, two games of Monopoly on my video game system and then never play it again. Well, it's three dollars, I mean, whatever. Yeah, they put in a bunch of cool graphics, the, the Monopoly man does a little dance, and, you know, it's fun. Yeah, no, I, I can get behind that. I mean, $3 is, you know, anything is worth $3. Do you play, I'm curious, do you play with certain house rules or, and also two questions. One, do you play with certain house rules? Two, do you do the thing where you have to auction off every property every time somebody passes it if they don't? Yeah, see, that's the, so I didn't think I played with certain house rules until I realized the real rule is that you do have to auction it off if you pass it. Yeah, it's supposed to be that way. Yeah, so uh, I don't play the real rules because it's actually more complicated than I thought it was. I definitely play house rules in the sense that we just kind of arbitrarily decide how much money we start with. And we don't play the auction rule. And I'm trying to think. I can't remember if it's a real rule in Monopoly or not, but if you land on go, do you get double money? No, but that's, that's a house rule that I play. And we also yeah. do snake eyes. If you roll snake eyes, you get one of each bill. Oh, I don't know that one. So that's a really good one, because if you are on whatever's two away from Go, and you roll Snake Eyes and land on Go, you just get, like, a windfall of money. Wow. I also feel like, and I know this is not part of Monopoly, we put, like, everything into free parking. Same here. Yeah, every fee, not not money for buying a property, but every fee that you can accumulate in the game we put into free parking and we always start with a 500 in there yes so we have very similar rules other than snake eyes see that's what makes me think it's it's weird because i think a lot of people have developed similar house rules yeah like we don't have the snake eyes thing do you have it though if you roll doubles three i don't know if this is a real rule or not that's a real that's a real monopoly rule three times in a row you go to prison jail? yep oh interesting prison <laughs> You go to county jail, <laughs> yeah. county lockup. Yeah, Monopoly is great. So that was our double dip, which means yeah, we so are, you're back up then, right? Yeah, we're at number one, and my number one is Trivial Pursuit. Oh man, I forgot about Trivial Pursuit. I love this game. My only complaint with Trivial Pursuit is that they just don't come out with new versions enough, and I don't like that they kind of try to mess with the game like the game is classic and it's perfect i just need new questions yeah we got the new version to bring to my parents to play because we have an ongoing um like tri like trivial pursuit championship with a trophy that i paid amazon to make whoa and i and I, all of that occurred and i still forgot about it for this list so i don't know what that says but um it's a fun game, but you're right. We bought the one that came out like two years ago. That was the newest, like standard version they had, uh -huh. and they changed all of the rules about like how you progress around the board, what everything looks like, and it yeah. just—I I just want the old board with not questions about 1975. Correct. Right. <laughs> That's the problem. It's like too much like middle '60s pop culture. I'm like, okay, I don't know. The mamas and the papas. <laughs> like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, this game is going to be a problem. This scientific revelation just came out. It's like, I don't know. I, I, I don't remember. Yeah. Ah, the polio vaccine. Well. <laughs> there may be a continent on the South Pole. Yeah. All right, what is your number one? 
My number one is Scrabble. Wow, Scrabble. That's a good one. It just missed my list. I love Scrabble, and I hate Scrabble. I have mm-hmm. a very love-hate relationship with it. I'm, I I should I pride myself on my vocabulary. I like to read. I like to learn what words mean. I like to have different words available for myself when I need to talk about something. So I feel like I should be really good at Scrabble, but I'm not. I'm not very good at it. How? And yeah, okay, go ahead. It just frustrates me, because my sister will just like consistently wipe the floor with me. I mean, she's really smart. But I feel like I should be more competitive. And, like, I always am in last place, I feel like. And I can never find that word or find a place to put the word I want to put down. I just I get so frustrated with it, but I love it. Yeah. No, I mean, that's good. Hey, if a game that you consistently lose at is still one of your favorites, that must be a good game. Yeah, I'm, I'm awful at it. I'm like, I don't even know what to compare it to. I'm just terrible at that game. How do you, like, Scrabble is tough, especially with the proliferation of scrabble apps and like computer games and that kind of thing where you can you don't have to look up if a word is a word or not it'll kind of just tell you that automatically it sort of messes with the real game of scrabble yeah because the strategy becomes different because you can just test out a billion words on your app and be like oh okay that's a word great you can't really take that approach in like board game scrabble like you would be a jerk if you looked up like seven consecutive words yeah, and I was going to say, the other thing about it is that that is part of it, but then I get... Does anything frustrate you more than the people who, like, really, really know the rules of Scrabble? And they're like, oh, yeah, you can play prefixes, so I'm going to put this. Or, like, whatever. I'm just like, that's not a word. This is about words. Yeah. I don't like that. That isn't a word. Prefix. Yeah. I do like being able to use slang, though, because I, I have a, a large repository of nonsense knowledge that I keep <laughs> maintained for some reason. And that is full of just weird names of bands and pop culture references. I'm like, if I could use slang, I'm going to be in good shape. Good. Yeah, it's, it's, Scrabble's a great game. A couple of my honorable mentions. I've got Risk, which... Risk I like, and I've only played Maggie maybe once or twice... We learned quickly, like, this is not a game we can play together, because I, she, I don't know what she's doing in Risk, but she, like, tries to defend every single country she has, and I just, like, just, like, plow through all of her territories, and I think (laughs) the aggressiveness with which I play that game is, like, way out of sync of how we usually play board games. It turns hostile pretty Yeah, quickly. a little bit. It's like, it's like, oh, okay, maybe this is not a game for us. Um, I played Settlers of Catan for the first time, like, a, just a few weeks ago, which I was pretty drunk when I was learning it, so it definitely did not all stick with me, but I'm curious to try that again. And then, yeah, Scrabble's great, Battleship I like a lot, Go, which I forget a lot of kind of the movement rules for, so I would need to pick that up again. And who can forget Candyland? Oh, Candyland. And then a couple of the more card-based board games. Uh, I like Cards Against Humanity and Wits and Wagers. Pretty solid. I, I had a few honorable mentions. I had Sorry. Sorry's a good one. Because I liked the uh, the shape of those, um, the playing pieces for some reason. It was, like, uh. cool to me. Uh, good story. Um, <laughs> I also have um, The Game of Life. I enjoyed. Yeah. The Game of Life. Because that, 
that spinny wheel in the middle would just like tantalize me because it could never get it to spin exactly how I wanted it to. No, I mean, how many times have you like flipped that thing off of its like axis? Constantly, I'm constantly. Yeah, they could have made that a little bit better. But it's fun. It is. And it's a good. It's a good game. Like you go to college, and it's like, oh, I get to pick what I'm gonna be, and then you get to buy a house, and it's like, oh, you get the tornado ravaged neighborhood. Okay, great. (laughs) That's where. But it's a it's a fun game. I like it. I like the detail. Um, the little cars. You know, that was another one where my anal retentiveness retentiveness came in because I was always like putting all those little people in, in their own bag and everything to make sure that we had all the pieces until Caitlin ruined it. Um, and then I think that's about it. Cards Against Humanity was on mine because um, it's it's a fun game that we've had had a few memorable experiences playing that game, but. It just gets like once you play it with certain people or play it enough, it just becomes like so redundant that it loses its appeal to me. I guess. Yeah, it does after a while, and once you start kind of repeating the same cards, it it loses its luster. Yeah. All right. If you have a board game that we forgot about or is one of your favorites, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at, at Whiskey Sessions or let us know via email and we'll read it on a future episode. That's whiskey sessions music at gmail.com. And we'll get to a couple of your emails right now. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read. Emails! And now we'll read them. Okay, we got a... An email from Carl from Union Pier, Michigan. says, Hey, Whiskies. Chicagoland Brewery episode and no love for 312? Well, so oh, I, we, got a, we got a Goose Island boy. Yeah, I, I gotta say, Goose Island. I mean, I used to play with my band by myself, um, and I'm sure we've done a version of Ruffles at the Goose Island Brewery in Wrigleyville. But... I mean, Goose Island is just, it, you know, it's sold out to... Wait, who bought it? it? Wasn't it InBev? Yeah. And I loved, like, some of their beers were, like, pretty good. Like, Matilda and Sophie are good, but there's no way it was going to make the list. Yeah, I like those. One thing that annoyed me about Goose Island was I always heard constantly people talking about Bourbon County Stout all the time. Like, it was the greatest beer that's ever been made or something. And you just never see it anywhere. I'm like, okay, if I have to go drive to, like, the middle of Missouri or something and on a certain day and within a two-hour window to try, try a beer, I'm not going to do it. I'm sorry. Nah, forget about it. All right, what do you have in the old email inbox? We got an email from Leo from Coral Gables, Florida. Ooh, exotic. He says, it's very exotic. He says, hey, boys, if you're going to have a podcast called Whiskey Sessions, why would you talk about beer? It's not called Beer Banter. Get it together. Hey, I have an idea for a new podcast. What is it? Beer Banter. That's brilliant. We should do Beer Banter where we just talk about beer, and then, like, every 50 episodes we'll rank some whiskeys. Yeah, I'm sorry if we don't talk about whiskey the entire time. Coral Gables, Florida. Like, what do they talk about? Like, they probably have some kind of alligator podcast, and every 50th episode they accidentally mention crocodiles. Big deal. Or somebody gets eaten by an alligator. Yeah. Although, you know what I've learned? Uh, because I was in Florida not so long ago, like last September or something like that, that alligators hardly kill anybody. Crocodiles kill lots of people. Crocodiles have the taste of blood. Yeah, crocodiles are much more fierce and aggressive and cunning. 
And alligators, though, while they technically have a harder bite, I think, uh, are not. Like, you can really mess with an alligator. And I saw some guy at this, like, place we went to a little bit outside of Miami, and he was, like, pulling an alligator by the tail. Like, just crazy shit that I would never do, but he was fine. And the alligator just didn't want to be messed with, but wasn't, like, aggressive, really. Which one did Steve Irwin mess with? He is a crocodile hunter, so those you got to be, like, careful with. So he was actually impressive, what he yes. was doing? It wasn't, like, a big joke? Yeah, crocodiles will mess you up. And eventually what got him was, what, a stingray? I think so. I Do you mean, think when, when he got stung, he was like, oh, the irony. Well, you know, I, I kind of wonder if this guy from Coral Gables, Florida was like, oh, you should have died via crocodile, not stingray. You should have called it stingray hunter, not crocodile hunter. Like, come on. I'm, I'm pretty sure Leo's very, he's very fascist about branding. Yeah. that's I don't get it. Go back to the University of Miami, Leo. Yeah. What a dumb school that is, right? Wait, did Loyola beat the University of Miami in a game? Or am I thinking of somebody else? Uh, I don't remember. They may have. Yeah. All I know is Loyola made it further in the basketball tournament than the U. So, and I'm sure the U pays all their players. Like, do you if there's think the, anything that school is known for, it's paying all of their college players. Do you think the U and the fact that the U in the University of Miami and the U for Under Armour are the same U is representative of something or is it a coincidence? Uh, I think probably, and that, like, the University of Miami athletes probably get money from Under Armour, and maybe they have a contract with them. It's probably a conspiracy. You know what's weird? That's a private school, too. Did you know that? No, I thought that was a... I mean, it's... Considering it's University of Miami and not, like, a state name. Because, like, University of Chicago is private, but... Yeah, super private. Didn't let me in. They were so private, they were like, you cannot be (laughs) in this conversation. So it turns out your GPA, not fit for the University of Chicago. We're going to go over here and have a very highfalutin conversation. And then you you got one up on them, though, because you said, well, I'm going to go play chess. So screw you guys. Whatever. DePaul is ten times the school University of Chicago is. Everybody knows it. It's evidenced by the fact that all their sport teams, their men's sport teams, sorry, the women's basketball and softball teams are great, but they're terrible because they don't need it. They're like, yeah, we're good enough already. All academics over at DePaul. Yeah. And and firing people that should have gotten tenure. (laughs) Yep. All right, uh, that does it for our episode. If you want to send us an email, make sure you send it to whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com. We're going to read it on a future episode. And that does it for this episode. Be pimp. Are you going to leave our listeners with any words of wisdom? Go Blue Demons. Go Blue Demons. Please make the tournament once in my lifetime. I hope it's just like right before I, I leave this this earth they're gonna go on a final four run Uh, no it'll just be like a play-in game and then they'll lose (laughs) (laughs) all right we'll see you at the next episode Ooh, the next episode is gonna be episode 40 we're gonna be over the hill yeah all right uh until next time this is amen sam peace out